Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Sign of the Dollar. So I know a lot of my younger listeners are um, definitely in the process or at least are going to start shortlisting and applying to universities. And I'm also, you know, entering 12th grade. So soon I will also be doing the same thing. I am considering taking a gap year, but uh, we'll see how that works out. But today I have Vince with me and we wanted to talk about universities. We wanted to talk firstly about applying to universities, uh, about how there's affirmative action and things like that, what we think about it, how it's going to work out for us. Uh, talk also about the ACT and SAT scores required for different uh, classes of, of people in society to get into universities. Then also talk obviously about campus conservatism and free speech and uh, the problems with that, how how a lot of a lot of universities are quite far left and don't provide the best environment for free speech and for uh, right-wingers. And then to, to uh, top it off, to, to, to finish the podcast, I also wanted to address what uni degrees I think are uh, most useful and what uni degrees are actually just a waste of time and money. And I seriously do believe that there's a lot of those. So to, to, to start with, we're we're both going to apply to university soon. He um, Vince is in 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 you're going into eleventh grade now, right? Yeah. So if I take a gap year and don't apply this year, then we're we're going to be doing our applications at the same time. So you've seen a lot about how Asians have to do you know twice as well as as blacks to to get into to universities. Are 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 you worried about that? Uh, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's it, it's funny. Universities where the you know this far left agenda is pushed are, are uh, objectively the most racist institutions in all of American society, um, and it sucks because um, you know I'm I would say that most of the most of the most of them, not all of them obviously, but most of the black applicants that will obviously get in over me are not nearly as smart or qualified in any other way other than they're black. Yeah, I, I mean it's it, it's a well known fact that. Universities have different barriers for different races, and the the disparity is huge. And th- this is not only racist to the people who are, you know, the people who are not beneficiaries of the system, and the people who who have to work twice as hard just to get in to the same university, but it's also bad for the for the black people it's intended to help because you're you're reducing the standards. And the reason those standards exist is because there's a certain level of of rigorousness or regard however that word is but there's a certain level of difficulty to the course and if you don't have the previous education or if you don't have even the intelligence to be able to cope up you're going to have trouble you're you're probably going to end up dropping out and that's why you see that black dropout rates in um, universities like Harvard or uh, Ivy League universities and very popular and top-ranked institutions you'll see that um, there's very high black dropout rates in these universities. So that's a problem that you need to consider. And you also need to consider the fact that it's basically judging that uh, black people are inherently less intelligent and they need this aid. Maybe maybe a few decades ago where there were a lot of problems with institution in, institutional racism, maybe things like th- this would have made some kind of sense, even though it might have not been the most effective way to go about it. Maybe it, it had the right intentions at that point. But now all it's doing is... It's not helping anyone. In fact, it's it's being racist to both the beneficiaries of the system and all of the other people. So, while I am 
to some extent worried about that because I know that Indians and Asians are overwhelmingly the ones who are getting the the high scores on the standardized tests and getting into universities, especially since universities want to seem diverse and want representation from all all classes and all castes and and uh, all races, ethnicities, things like that. Uh, I've I've also heard about um, reverse affirmative action, which was happening because of the fact that Harvard and other universities like that were showing bias and not letting Asians in, even if they did a very good job on their standardized tests and on their applications. So I'm not entirely sure how that'll come into play uh, for us, Vince. But I, while I don't support the idea of affirmative action, you know, to be honest, I wouldn't really mind that happening. Yeah, me neither. I mean, (laughs) I'm just, I've always said this, like, you know what, when the system is this freaking broken and this freaking unfair, I'll take any advantage I can get and I won't feel sorry, (laughs) even if that advantage is extremely immoral. Like, I was not going to go pay, do what USC did and pay people because I don't even have that kind of money, but (laughs) I'm not going to feel sorry that, you know, that reverse racism worked in my favor somehow, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I, 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 I hope that there isn't any bias against uh, Asians or uh, even Indians since some people consider that a, a, a different group uh, when when we apply to university. But um, th- th- that brings me to ACT and SAT scores. So for those of you who don't know, I mean, you all know what ACTs and SATs are, I'm sure, especially our younger audiences who are going through them right now. I, I finished my ACTs. I, I, I did the ACT um, four times. And I ended up with a 34 or a 35 super score, which is equivalent to about a 1520 or a 1570 super score uh, on the on the SAT. So standardized tests obviously provide as a means for a university to see uh, more of an objective way of not exactly intelligence, but also the you know the the level of I don't know how to say critical thinking and things like that in their students. So do, do you think that standardized standardized tests are an effective way uh, or an effective standard to set for people who are applying to university? Um, so people like to bash on standardized tests a lot and, you know, yeah. education in general, like, like, all, it just, uh, it's, it, I mean, really what it is, is you want to be contrarian to whatever is establishment. I actually think, I don't think standardized testing is like the great, the, like the ACT or the SAT are the greatest things. But I actually do think in a lot of ways they are actually a good measure of, you know, academic intelligence. You know, they're not perfect. Yeah. There's a lot of people yeah. that are like better or worse at one or the other. But I think as a general rule, eh, I mean, I, I think they're 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 not suit like excellent tests, but they're they're decent tests. Yeah, and I I definitely see because I, I see a lot of people, especially in my class. Uh, who bash on standardized testing. And by the way, these tend to be the less intelligent people, <laughs> just saying. Uh, and, but I think that, you know, obviously it shouldn't be the sole measure, which it definitely isn't. But it, it is effective to, to know the, like you said, the level of academic intelligence. And the main purpose of it is to have an objective measure. Because especially for uh, IB schools, like the schools that I'm attending, you get in based on your predicted scores because you don't get your final test scores until after you've applied to university so you get in based on your predicted scores and predicted scores a lot of the time can vary i mean obviously certain schools have a reputation of teachers and if they have teachers who give inaccurate uh, predicted scores then those teachers are warned or if it's done repeatedly they're fired but knowing that there is this bias and this bias can always exist and the fact that these scores can change 
standardized tests provide as an effective measure of an objective way to test someone and judge it. Because when you're talking about the IB, when you're even talking about high school in the US, there's a lot of things about how you judge uh, a piece of work that has more to do with, um, you know, you can't really say that objectively this is a correct answer. You can say that this is a good answer or a bad answer, but it's hard to say if it's a correct or a wrong answer. So standardized tests in that way help you find an objective measure of that student's academic intelligence and their ability to cope with um, rigorous courses at university. So definitely, I know that there's a lot of universities now that are uh, stopping standardized testing. And I mean, I kind of understand that, but I, I really don't think that there's anything wrong with it. And it definitely shouldn't be the only thing that people look at. And the universities definitely don't only look at standardized testing. We all know that. But it, I think it should be kept as a measure because it, it is a good measure. And I'm not only saying that because I have a high score, because I'm, I'm definitely going to focus on other parts of my application too. And you have to, if you want to get into university, you absolutely, a good university, you absolutely have to do that. And a lot of universities even prefer if you have more stuff outside than if your ACT score or your SAT score is perfect. But reiterating, coming back to the main point, I think that they're a good form of objectively testing. And the best test that we have at the moment to objectively test academic intelligence for university applicants. Well, yeah, I think so. I mean, the, the hard part about judging off a GPA is that you can have a really bad school and you get like straight A's there. Yeah. And that's not in the C student at, you know, a very top private school is, has, is, is far smarter. You know, and I think I actually think GPA should not even be that great of a factor. Yeah, so it, it it works similarly for um, IB, except you don't have weighted scores where it depends on what the other people in your batch get. But obviously, there are curves depending on uh, the difficulty of the test that year. So, but the but the the thing is that the predicted grades are based on your teachers. They're the ones who judge uh, what they think the most accurate grade to give you would be, even if you didn't get that highest score in your finals in eleventh grade. Uh, if if you show that you're you know capable of doing well in your finals, then they can give you a higher predicted score. But once again, this can always be inaccurate. So it's always good to have an objective form of measuring academic things like that. Obviously, extracurriculars are an entirely other factor. But if we're talking about the academic intelligence, if we're talking about the academic performance or the competence of a certain student, SAT, ACT is uh, a good objective measure of that. So the next thing I wanted to talk about is campus free speech and conservatism. So it, it, it is no secret that the majority of campuses, university campuses on uh, in the United States are left wing. No, nope, no, nope, not according to them. According to them, they are objective places of discussion. According to them. Nope, that's what they say. <laughs> yeah, well, we all know that that's not true. <laughs> we all know, especially that. Uh, actually, even the, the the high class universities, the top ranked universities, tend to be very left wing. Uh, I I remember Yale. I think it was. I'm not entirely yeah, it was, sure. It was, it was Yale. Yale yeah. Is Yale? They 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 released something about con- converting uh, right wingers, and they 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 also had a few other articles which are like there's there's basically a lot of stuff that show very clearly open left wing bias and it it is no secret even left wingers know it that uh, most universities are left wing and they they absolutely love left wing political activists um I, i'm not too sure how they feel about uh people like me who are right wing 
but w- w- want to make their political activism as activism. I-, I call it activism because activism is usually associated with SJWs, but, um, you know, political involvement. So the, th- the thing is, there there are definitely a lot of conservative and Republicans at, at such campuses, but they are often not treated as well. And especially in universities at UC Berkeley, I'm sure you've heard what, what's happened with when Milo visited and things like that, and uh, the riots and pepper spraying and all that, and how the the head of the university has had ties with Antifa. It's it, it's all quite ridiculous and it's and it's it's very sad because universities are supposed to be a place for you to grow for you to learn for you to be ready for the outside world for you to uh, engage with people of different opinions it's not only about the academic course you're taking but also for you in general to get ready for your life ahead of you but when you have things like safe spaces and and things where you're showing clear bias you're really not helping those people in real life these people aren't going to get safe spaces I mean, it's bullshit. You you need to make people used to people of different opinions. If they want to, you know, discuss with these people, absolutely they should. In fact, that is what will be productive and that is what will help them in their future. But if you have safe spaces, if you have clear biases where you don't allow certain views to be heard, you're doing absolutely no service to the people who are uh, attending your university. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a problem. I'm not going to say it's not a problem that, you know, majority of university professors identify with the left. But I, I really, what, that's not even the concern to me. What the concern to me is just the fact that they don't, they will not tolerate, you know, free speech. I mean, let, exactly. let's be real. There are, there are plenty, there are like plenty of professors, probably close to the majority. I don't know if they are the majority that will actually actively grade you down for, you know, actually expressing your beliefs in the classroom. But not yeah. on top of that, you have the universities, you know, openly siding with, this leftist mob that will shut down like any conservative speaker. I mean, you obviously have the case of Michael Knowles getting bleach thrown at him, but you know, that, that, that's one guy. It's not, there's one person. It has nothing to do with the university, but you have a, this yeah. is, you know, university, of course, at the, like the university of Wisconsin um, actually would not literally would not kick out protesters that were actually disrupting the event. Like they literally came up and stood in front of Ben Shapiro and all like shouted safety and the university yeah. legitimately would not like shut them down, you know? And, and you obviously every, like every time uh, any speaker comes, the first thing they're like, the first thing you always will say is, wow, this was a difficult thing to get done, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. It doesn't matter that the universities are so far to, I mean, it doesn't matter, but even if universities are so far to the left, as just objective centers of education, they need to at least be opposed, open to opinions that oppose their viewpoints. Exactly. Yeah, th- th- that's that's one of the main problems. Of course, if if you have most professors who are left wing and all that, as long as they're not in- indoctrinating uh, their people or forcing their views onto their students, still it's fine. And like obviously, they they should be trying to educate them not by their opinion but by the actual course material, and uh, that should be something that they focus on. But at the same time, it sh- even even if you have this bias, it it should be that you should allow all opinions to be expressed. You shouldn't try to silence or glorify certain opinions. It should be more of an open platform. Now, granted, if you're talking about university as simulating real life, you will have, um, you know, environments where you are going to feel ostracized or you are going to feel uh, silenced. And it's not like keeping university an open platform is going to not prepare you for, for such things. In fact, being able to openly 
engage in a civil discourse with people who have different opinions is really going to help you in the future. And it's really going to help expose you to the fact that people are different and people have different views and how you can deal with that in the future. Right. I mean, see, I don't even care what it is, what the political viewpoints of the students around. Me. I mean, the students can be as like much of a fascist mob as they want, right? They, they can hate me as much as they want. Even the professors can like deep down, not like me. I just want to be able to go to university and be able to say what I want in class without, I'm not saying without being judged. Okay. You can judge whatever, think whatever you want of me. I just want to be able to do that without having my grades hurt. And I want to be able to, you know, join college Republicans, join the Young America's Foundation and be able to set up speakers without any other problems that they wouldn't give to a speaker of a different political ideology. Yeah, exactly. That's really something that universities need to work on. Yeah, so even I, I, I'm a person who really likes to be open about my views. I don't like remaining silent. I, I like engaging in discourse. I especially like talking with people who have different opinions. Obviously, there are some very crazy people who who aren't that pleasant to talk with. But in general, I, I enjoy engaging in discourse, especially with people of differing viewpoints. So if I'm going to be silenced, if I'm going to, if I'm going to be hurt by doing this, then I, I really don't see the benefit. I really don't see the reason this should happen at, to me at university. I, I want to be able to openly express my viewpoints without being... I mean, sure, if, if I'm going to be left out by social groups in in the university, I still don't give a shit. I mean, I I I wouldn't want to hang out with people who who hate me or hang out with people who who would silence someone or who would ostracize someone just because of their political views. So, once again, like you said, that's fine if the if the if the students don't like me, the professors don't like me, but I should be able to openly express my viewpoint um, without being directly hurt in terms of whether it's physical if or whether it's uh, grades exactly so one more thing i wanted to talk about was uni degrees certain uni degrees that sir hold no real weight in the real world and aren't really going to help you and of course there's the ridiculous uni degrees that we've all heard of like you know lesbian arts and and feminism and patriot like there's random degrees like that which we all know aren't going to do 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 you any good but then there's also degrees which a lot of people, you know, might see as useful, but I wouldn't exactly say that they are. For example, a business degree, an undergraduate business degree, I'm going to come out and say it, is practically useless. The reason I say that is because if you want to do an MBA, that's great. And an MBA is going to be helpful, fine. But it's better to go down the route where you specialize in a certain subject and then directly go into experiences uh, for business, get, get some experience with startups and things like that, and then work on starting your own company. And then you can do an executive MBA, things like that. That's all fine. That's all good. But if, if you're going to do a business degree, first of all, you have to consider the fact that you're spending four years and a shit ton of money to go to university and get a business degree. Better than that, a better means of education for you to learn how to effectively survive in the business world would be to get hands-on experience. If you want to have some basic knowledge of business before you get hands-on experience, you can read books. You can do take some high school uh, courses. You can go to seminars. There's all kinds of things you can do. You, you can join uh, what you call it, internships with business. All of these things are much, much, much more effective 
than doing a business undergraduate degree. Now, that's just one example, but I do think that there are several several degrees that, while might be interesting, that they, they might be, um, you know, you might like to do them. You might like to attend the course, but you have to consider the pragmatic aspect of the fact that you're spending a lot of time and a lot of money at these places. So is it really worth all of this time and money? That's something that you need to consider and understand that there are a lot of uni degrees that while are, that while are they are advertised as good and while a lot of people do think that they are good, actually don't really hold much real weight when you go out and try to work. Yeah, uh, so I guess I'll just name other things I think are useless. Um, even though they're like the, your, the, your core subjects in school, English and history are objectively stupid, useless, and pointless majors. <laughs> Like you, unless you're going to become a teacher, which I guess you know, good on you. But there's literally, there's legitimately nothing you can do outside of that except for to go be a grade school teacher in those subjects. Let's see what are some other things. Well, if you if 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 you want to be a writer, then English isn't too bad. I suppose, but I would say I would argue journalism is a is a better course just because you can actually make connections in the industry you're going to work in. You know, while you while you're going there. Mm-hmm. Um. Let's see what else is there. Let me think. Let me think. Um. I, pre-med is useless for like 80% of people because you have a lot right. of people, especially this is so true in like Asian American families. Like you be a doctor, like no mom, I'm not smart enough. No, you still be a doctor, right? Like they, <laughs> there, there's so many delusional people that think they're actually going to make it as pre-med or biology major and they just don't. And then it's yeah. like, what, why did you waste your time? You know, you wasted so much money on a degree that you and you can't even get into any medical school with it. So I would say, unless you know you're smart, and if you know you're smart, you know you're smart. Even if you want to be humble, you know you're smart, you know? If you know yeah. you're smart, then yes, if you want to be a doctor, go do pre-med. But don't go into something like like med- like pre-med or engineering or any kind of STEM. Yeah, don't delude yourself. Yeah, it. yeah. Because it, it, it's a fact. People don't like that when people say this. People don't like, they say that this is controversial, whatever, that having a certain level of intelligence for these kinds of jobs is required. It's a fact. It's true. You want to be successful. You want to actually do something. You want to get such jobs. You do need intelligence. You you want to do the course properly. You do need a, a level of intelligence. Of course, intelligence isn't the core factor when it comes to success. Obviously, there's other things. Obviously, there's hard work. Obviously, obviously there's uh, thinking outside of the box. And there's all kinds of things like that. But intelligence is one of the prerequisites for certain courses and for certain career paths, such as science, when you're talking about medical, when you're talking about physics, when you're talking about engineering. There's a lot of courses that do require a certain level of intelligence and pretending that you're just going to make up for it by hard work. While it is something admirable that you're you're willing to work this hard, you need to understand your limits. You need to understand your boundaries and you need to choose a course that is best suited to your style of learning, to your level of intelligence, and to your level of hard work and all of that kind of stuff. You need to find what's perfectly suited for you. And intelligence is definitely one of the factors that comes into play when we're talking about that. And pretending like it doesn't is just simply delusional. I I, I know it's controversial to say this, but it's a fact. I'm sorry. <laughs> and no, don't don't just let yourself don't just delude yourself into the most most people, there's a few, but most people don't delude themselves into thinking they can do these majors. They're, they let their parents delude themselves into thinking they do like they, they personally know mm-hmm. they're not, I'm not going to make this, but you know, yeah. um, they, they, their parents are like, no, you'd be doctor now. Yeah, so, exactly. I mean, they, they, like, <laughs> don't let your parents 
because at the end of the day, that's you that's going to be two hundred thousand dollars in debt with no with no degree or not getting into medical medical school, law school, or ever going. I mean, at the end of the day, that's this is your life. You know, it, it's really it's your ass. You know, and and, and to let yeah. them trick like to, to, to do this for them and and knowing you're going to fail, that's four years of your life you just wasted on doing absolutely nothing. You know. And obviously, there's also like families. I mean, I'd say they're less now, but there's there's a lot of parents who like disown their children if they choose to go down a, a, another path, or who 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 are extremely disappointed in their children if they choose to go down another path, or even worse, don't even let them go down another path at all and force them to go down a certain path. And that that is definitely a problem. But I wouldn't say it's as big as a problem as it previously was. But especially with families like Asian families, even Indian families. There, there, there is the level of expectation, and even though in certain modern uh, contexts, especially when we're talking about higher class people, they they are more open to people taking other degrees. But yeah, so I definitely say that STEM fields are are, are good. They're they're, they're definitely a, a way to ensure that you've gotten something useful out of your degree. But you need to have that. First of all, the passion to, to be able to do that, to to want to do that, actually yourself want to do that, not just to do it to uh, please your parents. And of course, also the knowledge and the intelligence that is required to do these degrees. Exactly. So anyway, uh, that, that'll do it for our discussion on universities. Hopefully that was interesting to a lot of you, especially if you're applying to university or if you're a university student right now. Uh, l- let us know what you think about all of this, especially since we're applying to university. So, uh, if any of you are university students and have any tips, <laughs> we'd be glad uh, to accept them on how to get into university and what your opinions are on this entire uh, fiasco and about affirmative action, the ACT, standardized tests, and everything that we've discussed in this podcast. So anyway, that'll do it for us today at the Sign of the Dollar. Thank you for listening.